Okay. Close your eyes and imagine. Well, unless you're driving. Yes. Imagine you bought a scratch ticket from the Iowa lottery. Or someone gave you one. Yes. Right. And you scratch, and you've won. One big. Yes. In fact, there are 13 holiday games with big cash prizes. And if you don't win, play it again. You can still win up to $100,000 in the VIP club. But you have to enter and see rules and complete details at ialottery.com/vip. Yes. Thank you. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to Nebraska Hawks Nest. Make sure to give all the videos a like and give us a subscribe so you can get all of the latest updated interviews from all of our Iowa Hawkeye legends. And the one legend that has to be uh, happens to be stopping by today is Julian Vandervelde. How's it going, man? It's going great. It's going, I mean, outside, you know, spring's here, day's getting longer, weather's getting warmer, so I'm starting uh, to feel it, man. This is this is a great time. Hey, man, dude, you haven't looked like you've aged today. You look just like you did back in your playing <laughs> days, man. I don't know if that's good or bad. I feel like I have less hair than I ever have, and I definitely got some grays now. That's why I got to keep it short. Oh, shit, we all do, man. I do. I've been getting them so bad on my beard, it's insane. It's just, especially oh, the yeah. last couple of years, it's like, Come on, I'm holding it together like as best as I can, and like that crap's not making it any easier. So uh, I got some little ones in the background. How how many kids do you have right now? So we got three kids. We got an eight year old, five year old, and a two year old. So we uh, we spaced them out pretty good. But they are the five or the three, the two year old and the and the five year old are cohorts. Um, okay. They feed off of each other, and they are both just absolute monsters, which is great. To a certain extent, as long as we're, you know, you get two parents, you can always be man-to-man coverage with them. As soon as you get into zone, somebody gets open, and then there's problems. Yeah, with our, we have three, and it's the our our middle and our youngest. Whenever they get going, it's this yeah. flipped upside down, and it's just like like a freaking rave. I'm like, you know, they're <laughs> blasting the stereo, like wrestling on the floor, throwing toys, Nerf guns. It's yeah. Like, Man, like I don't ever remember like just letting it loose like that when I was a kid. Like I had fun and I went outside, but I didn't treat my parents' house like a frat house. No, did you have did you have siblings though? I did, yeah. I had two I had two brothers and it you know we would I was mostly outside, like playing basketball, playing football, like doing things outside. And when we were inside, it's like you keep it together, otherwise mom's gonna get pissed off and I think our generation of parents is just way more laid back than the previous generations. I don't know why it works out that way, but it seems to be, in my opinion, you know, everyone's a little different, but kind of a generational thing that it's just like most parents, because I'm fairly close to your age and 
it seems like most people I know are just like, you know, so much more patient than my parents were. If I would have done half the crap my kids did, I would have gotten <laughs> ass beat. So it's because we remember, we remember the trauma of our parents beating the crap out of us when we were bad. And it's just like, I don't know if I wanted my kids to remember me that way. <laughs> that's exactly. That's what I always tell my wife. I'm like, we need to remember that in 20 years from now, when they're away from the house, I want them to have good memories of growing up. Yeah. I don't want them to be like, I remember when dad like spanked the hell out of me for doing this. And when, you know, they yelled at us for that. I'm like, I don't want that. Like, that is not what I want them talking about when they're adults and they decide to get together for a drink on a Friday night. That's Right. They're going to pick yep. your nursing home, man. You got to, you got to treat them right. Shit. I'm hoping to avoid that altogether, but you know, that's that they tell me now I can move in with them. If I'm just like not holding it together, uh, that's what they say now, but who the hell knows? Like that, that could completely change. So you just hope they end up marrying somebody that you like. And that's, yeah, no kid that, there. you know, you're old when you start to think like that, that's oh. when, you know, or like if you see a like a young girl like dressed scantily clad, you're like, oh god, if my daughter ever ever wore that, I'd kick the crap out of her. Whereas mm-hmm. like, and then I think I'm like, okay, that's now I know I'm old because you know, young the the young me would have been like, ooh, you know, and now I'm, and now I'm like, <laughs> no, no, you're like that's somebody's daughter, young lady, you put some pants on, like that's exactly. Get mm-hmm. I feel bad. I feel bad for her dad. I'm like, God, that, that poor guy, what the, the stress he must be going through. But anyway, we did, well, we'll quit. I get getting off on a tangent with you here a little bit, uh, talking about your personal life, but it's awesome to hear that the family's doing well. And you've been married for a while, right? It's, you guys aren't newlyweds. Mm-hmm. How no, many years? We've been married eight years. Eight years? Mm-hmm. Okay. I knew that. Um, where did you guys, uh, where did you guys meet? Cause I thought it was. Oh, yeah, that's a long story. So we actually met in high school. We were on the speech and debate team together. One of the many multitudes of things that, uh, that I did in high school was uh, was forensics. So uh, we were duo interpretation partners um, in high school. So we were on kind of the same speech like team, if you will. Okay. Uh, and then we completely lost track of each other after high school. We each were dating somebody else at the time. We lost track of each other completely. Uh, and then found each other again my sophomore year at Iowa. Um, and then my junior year, we started, uh, we started dating and just kind of rolled from there. Once, uh, once we were both single, hit it off again. And the rest is history. As they say, it was meant to be. Yeah. It's true love. I love it. That's, That's a great story. <laughs> I love story that book ending. Yeah. It's a tale as old as time. <laughs> Let's go back. I don't know if I'm beauty or the beast. Am I in that scenario? I don't know. Don't ask her. Don't ask her that question. You can be a beautiful beast. That's okay. There you go. There's nothing wrong with that. On the offensive line, you need to be a beast. Uh, yeah, wrong. We're gonna we're gonna dial it back to the very the very beginning, coming out of high school, the, the recruitment process. I'm always fascinated to hear about this. I want to know who the, who the top who were your top schools that were really coming after you that you uh, were evaluating potentially would go on visits, and uh, how did your thought process go, and how did you narrow it down to end up choosing the Hawkeyes? Well, I, I think I always knew I was going to be a hawk. Um, I grew up when I was like eight years old. I remember going, my great, my grandmother lives in uh, Iowa City still. And we would go watch Iowa basketball games. And I would say, I'm going to go to college at Carver Hawkeye. That's what I'm it. it was, was you just went to school there. Um, and so as I kind of grew up, uh, you know, watching the great Iowa teams, I knew that this was where I wanted to be. And, um, and it came to the point where in high school, I was effectively being recruited 
Um, I think it offers from like Georgia Tech and uh, Kansas. The big one, the one that my that my mom I think still wanted me to, to choose was Stanford. Um, oh. So Stanford wanted me to come and play defensive line. I went to a camp out there. They're gonna be wrong. Beautiful campus, and you know the California weather is hard to beat. Um, but they wanted me to play defensive line, and this was before Harbaugh, so they were awful. Okay. Uh, and I had, and I didn't have an offer from Iowa yet, but in my head I was just weighing: Do I want to go play defensive line at Stanford on a scholarship? Which, just thinking about that, is insane. Like Stanford offer you a scholarship, and you're, you know, like full ride, and you're gonna, and you're yeah. considering between that and walking on at Iowa to play offensive line, like. You know, that just it doesn't compute. But uh, thank God Iowa did end up offering me. And I think, you know, I didn't even realize it happened when it happened. Um, you know, we went up for a visit and me and my mom and my stepdad were sitting there across from Kirk Ferentz. And I was so, like, awestruck to just be in a room, like, in a private meeting with Kirk Ferentz that when he effectively offered me the scholarship, I didn't even realize it. Um, I thought it was his, he was just saying like, Hey, we're considering you. And I was like, Oh, Hey, I really appreciate that. Um, you know, you know, go talk about it as a family and, uh, you know, and, you know, take this into consideration and hopefully, uh, you know, I can impress you guys some more and left without really saying anything. And my mom, when we got in the car was like, you do realize what just happened. Don't you? Like, yeah, it's coach France. That was awesome. She's like, no, they just, they offered you a scholarship to play football here. And I was like, and I didn't say yes. Why didn't you tell me that's what was happening? And I just the whole car ride home, oh. I freaked out. As soon as we got back to the house, the first thing I did was dial the back up. Was like, I'm so sorry. Yes, yes, I accept. I'm coming. So oh. that was fun. That's a great story. And I've, you're not the first guy that's, uh, you know, we talked to Cole Fisher last week and he had, uh, he was very academically driven and he mm. had an offer from Stanford too and went out and visited. And he was like, man, I mean, I, I wanted to be a hawk, but that was a hard place to turn down because it's so beautiful <laughs> out there. And you know, you come out of school if you're not going to go to the NFL, which, which most college players don't, uh, you're going to have a, a degree from Stanford University. It's like, yeah. You're pretty well set at that point. And, and to come out from Stanford with no debt, I mean, how great would that be? I mean, that's. Oh my gosh. That I was happy great. to have come out of anywhere with no debt. I mean, any, any scholarship you can get to any college to, to play any sport or sing or dance or do whatever they offer you a scholarship to do, like, is just such a huge blessing, especially in this oh. day and age. I, I, I'm I wish, thankful for that. I wish I could have had one. I'm still paying off my student loan debt. So <laughs> we're working on my wife's too. <laughs> yeah, tipping away at it, man. It's just like mm -hmm. every time I'm like, I think I got I'm I'm making some progress. And then I get online and I look and I'm like, oh, I'm not really that much. Yeah. So I don't know. We'll get that we'll get her done someday. But when you're in college, you don't think about it. And like I just want to have a good college experience and have fun and mm -hmm. you know, get my degree and, and and you know get into a career. You don't so I, at least I wasn't counting the dollars and being like, I'm gonna have to pay all this back. I'm just like I'm gonna cash that Pell Grant check. I'm gonna, you know, buy some food <laughs> and spend it at the bar and have a blast. So it's uh, the best years. That's what it's for though. You're not simply, you know, it's like the last time in your life that, that you are, you have minimal worries really before like real responsibility kind of, kind of checks in. So you've got to enjoy those years man, for sure. Oh yeah. Did, did you have the opportunity to have much of a social life playing football? Did you and the guys, were you able to go out and have beers or do anything like that? But did they, did, or did they keep you pretty locked down? No, there was there was a lot of socializing uh, to to go around. I was and still am and was long before that a huge nerd. So like the bar scene was not my scene. I didn't really go to parties. I didn't go to house parties. 
Uh, never really went out and did like bar calls or anything like that. Uh, like when we had friends come up into town, we might go out to the bars for night because it was kind of a special occasion or something. Um, but I was I was a part of the Japanese Cultural Association. Uh, me and a group of friends from my Japanese class uh, would play Dungeons and Dragons uh, twice a week. So mm-hmm. like I I never had a chance to to go out and and have that kind of traditional college lifestyle because for me the perfect uh, you know college experience was. Uh, it was my first chance. I've been a, a huge uh, like Japanese culture buff uh, since I was about 12 years old. And so for me, that was my first opportunity to kind of engulf myself in that, uh, in that culture, um, you know, because J- Iowa, a lot of people don't know, but Iowa has a really, really good Japanese language program. I didn't um, know that. So I got, you know, I got really into the Japanese language program, the cultural association, everything it was a lot of fun. Did the guys ever try to pull you out to the bar and say like, Julie, get out here and let's have some, have some drinks. <laughs> Because usually offensive linemen are known for being able to put down some beers. Oh, yeah, and I could. Don't get me wrong. I could, you know, that was back back in those days. Um, you know, there wasn't a lot of time when we weren't playing football. Um, but, like, I had some friends who had a uh, who had a heavy metal band here in town locally, and they practiced at this place called the Band House. And we would have these, I mean, all night just cramming 120 people into this four bedroom or this, uh, this four room apartment, like a kitchen, a bedroom, uh, you know, a bathroom, and then like a side room, people spilling out onto the, onto the roof of like the side, the little side shed that thank God didn't fall down the whole time. And I mean, we'd go through a, probably a case of Bud Light, a person, uh, yeah. you know, in a night and, uh, and like pass out there and wake up. Uh, and I mean, they were incredible parties, uh, you know, but again, that was, you had like a two week span where you could do that. So it was kind of like, this is time to let loose. Cause the rest of the year, like I'm not, I'm not a freak athlete by any means, right? You get to like, you know, some of these guys, you get to the NFL, especially it's like borderline superheroes. So for me, it was all year, every year thinking about football and, you know, staying in the strict conditioning and staying, uh, you know, in shape and eating and drinking, right. Just to kind of be able to compete at that level with those guys um, so when I got those little, those little spurts of time, man, I really went off, um, which I'm sure my liver will thank me for someday, but uh, thankfully I've learned better by now. What was the most challenging part of transitioning from a high school player into the university of Iowa and, uh, be- becoming a part of that pr- football program because that, you know, they call it tight end you, but it also kind of gets called offensive line you too. It really produces a lot of NFL caliber offensive linemen. What was your toughest transition? Do you feel like? I think it was just very strict um, in terms of what, uh, you know, what was expected of you. Uh, I come from, there, there are some very, very good high school programs in the country. Mine is not one. Uh, you know, Devonport Central, um, you know, we're trying, we're getting better, uh, certainly. But when I was there, I think we won a total of five games in my four years. Okay. Um, so we were not, uh, you know, we weren't a football school. That wasn't what we were known for. Uh, we were we were a performing arts school. Right? Our, our band was really good. Our orchestra was really good. Our choirs were nationally like recognized choirs. Um, you know, we were consistently uh, high performing like show choirs and stuff like that. So that's where the focus was, uh, not in athletics. Um, so to come from a program that really was pretty loose in terms of its structure um, and not very successful, to come into this program that, especially in those days, Iowa coming off of like you know, going to the Orange Bowl against USC and, uh, you know, the catch against LSU and all these, you know, great teams that had kind of built this legacy since Kirk took over, um, you know, having a weight that you had to hit, 
uh, you know, having these really structured, rigorous, really intense workouts. Um, you know, my first day there, I came in and I was like 325 pounds. Uh, and I think they just ran me the whole first practice. I probably threw up three or four times. Oh. Um, Oh, looks like we might have lost Julian there for a second. We'll hold on here for a second and see if he pops back on in. Really had some interesting stories, though, so far, that's for sure. Here we go. Let's check. He just messaged us, so we're going to see what's going on here. Oh, looks like his computer crashed on him. So we are going to bust this out into a two-part interview, and um, we'll be back. All right. Thanks for watching, guys. Go Hawks. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.